in a world where choices often feel like a coin toss. Let's embark on a faith-filled journey together in search of wisdom, purpose, and the path that leads us to becoming the head and not the tail. Let's go. What is up? Welcome to another episode on the Heads or Tails podcast. I have something different this week, next week, and then the following week. And I am actually going to do the Trinity Translation series over these three weeks. I didn't plan for it, but I don't know. I felt like it was the right time. I've always wanted to do it, but I just didn't think it would happen so soon. But here we are. And I'm basically going to be talking about the three persons in the Trinity. So God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit in the most simplest way possible. And I'm going to try talk about it in a way that people who maybe aren't Christian would like to just get a better understanding of what we believe. Or if you're a new believer and you kind of, you get it, but you don't, and you just would like to have a fresh new understanding on it, I I hope this helps basically and this is why I'm doing it and I have had some little revelations as I've been reading the Bible and finding out so I truly believe this is what God has called me to do so sit back enjoy the Trinity translation series so before I get into the first episode which is in the beginning and that is on God uh, I just quickly explain so it is three in one okay the Trinity and each person is fully God yet they are distinct from one another. So each of them have a job in the Trinity. And I believe God is the architect. He's the clay worker, the potter. He's molding us together. And essentially, he was the one who created us and is always correcting us. Okay, and now Jesus is the builder. He's the carpenter. He builds us together. He builds our life up. He um, he yields and builds a firm foundation in our life. And if you describe it in modern times, I would say Jesus is also an influencer. He's a teacher. He's a leader. And he's always teaching us how we should be living. And he also serves as a mediator between God and human- humanity. So he is the bridge that fills the gap between sinful humanity and the holy God. The Holy Spirit is... I, can I have favorites? I'm not sure. I love the Holy Spirit so, so much. And my last, my very last episode of the Trinity Translation series is going to be very deep, and it's the Holy Spirit. And I, I believe the Holy Spirit is what saved me from the darkest days of my life. So He holds an extra special spot in my heart. I am, yeah, just so grateful for Him. And so, yes, I would, I would say if He was. If he had a job and a role, which he does, it would be a counselor. He's the advocate and he's the translator. So if you're reading the Bible and you want to understand something and you call upon the Holy Spirit, he comes down and he will um, translate it for you in a way that you need to understand it. Who is God and who is he to us? Writing about Jesus and the Holy Spirit has come quite easily to me. But God, like the Creator, the Father, for some reason has remained a mystery. And I'm not sure if it's because he's so big or he feels like he's so untouchable. Or maybe it's because in the Bible it says God can't ever show himself to the human eye or else we will die. So he's that great. I've kind of just been referring 
to him as Jesus or the Holy Spirit when I do pray, only because I really haven't been able to wrap my head around the full greatness of God. So to be able to go ahead with the Trinity Translation series, I've had to really take the time to study the Bible and find out more about the Creator. And to do that, of course, I had to take it right to the beginning, and that is in Genesis. I have loved diving into the book of Genesis. It's where God was ever present on the earth. And it's so interesting. He physically walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. Something a large majority of us do know is that we are made in the likeness of God. Genesis chapter 1 26 verse 7 says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and all over the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We ourselves are not God. Okay, but notice how God said, let us make mankind in our own image so that they may rule over fish in the sea, etc., etc." So to be made in the image of something, it, it refers to resembling the same similar appearance, nature, or qualities to that particular thing. So we share the same appearance as our creator. He loved us so much, he created us the same physically. But what, what about mentally and emotionally? God is a ruler, okay? He rules over us, and it says that we as beings have the authority to rule over nature, wildlife, and the things of this world. So I interpret this that we are similar in appearance, and our qualities and traits are similar also. God rules over us, and we rule over the earth. So God creates galaxies and we create cities, etc. Do you kind of get what I mean? I'm not saying we are as great as God or we even come close. No, I'm saying God loved us so much that he made us like him. No animal on the planet has our traits and our knowledge or even looks like us. And that is because God created us like him. God rules over us and we rule over the land. So what comes to my mind when I think about God, the creator creating us and forming us into the likeness of him, resembling like children, is it makes clear to us that we are God's children. Let that sink in. The creator of the universe loves humans. He loved them enough to create them like himself. He is the father of humanity. The animals are not made in his image. The stars are not made in his image. The moon and the land, the plants, not even angels are created in his image. That kind of blew my mind. Obviously, I know about that because I've read Genesis before, but when I actually try to understand that, I was kind of blown away because it just showed that God does love us. There's no question about it because he created us like him. You being human was the greatest gift God has given you. And we are only just getting started on the greatness of God. Another thing God gave man was a choice. He gave life and a choice to man. He gifted humans with the ability to choose and make decisions for themselves. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 19 says, The Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and the birds of the sky. He brought them to man to see what he would call them, and the man chose a name for each one. 
from the beginning, God gave us a choice. And this verse is just emphasizing humanity's unique role in the natural world, the authority that was gifted to us. Why? Why? Why was that given to us? Because we are literally God's children. Have you ever watched your, well, if you have kids, have you ever watched your child play with their toys and you're watching them give their toys names and you just delight in the fact that they have the ability to choose and decide and that you are watching your child use their creative mind, their individual brain working and deciding. I truly feel that the way we look at our children and we watch them play is how God watched Adam as he named the animals. He delighted in us and he was ours and we were his. And just like children, we were innocent. We didn't know evil uh, was until temptation fell upon us and Eve ate the fruit from the tree of good and evil. Our eyes were then opened and we knew sin and we saw sin and we became sin. But like a loving father, God didn't reject us then and there or he didn't kill us then and there. He continued to love for love us and care for us. And it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 21, the Lord God made garment of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Like a loving father dresses his child, God did the same for Adam and Eve, a true act of divine grace and mercy as, as God provided to their immediate physical needs despite their disobedience. A lot of the world thinks that being a Christian is all about following rules and living a sad, boring life. And God may come across as a very strict, controlling father to some people, but it's actually quite the opposite. A physical father puts rules in place for the child he loves, not to control them or rob them of their freedom to choose, but the father sets boundaries before his children to keep them protected and to gently guide them to experiencing a life that is good and prosperous and that's what God wants for us he wants to protect us and keep us safe by putting those commandments in place he's still giving us a choice we still have freedom to choose but those commandments are for us for us to experience a good good life talking about the commandments people often see them as unnecessary rules that will rob them of their worldly pleasures. But those commandments are written to benefit us and choosing to disobey them doesn't ruin God or it doesn't ruin his power or affect him. It makes him sad, of course, but it doesn't, you don't take away the power of God when you choose to disobey a commandment. But what does happen is disobeying them is it causes harm to you. And that's why God has put them in place. The Trinity from the beginning. So was there a Jesus and a spirit during the Old Testament? I would like to read some of these verses and I'll point out something pretty interesting. So Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. And then Genesis chapter 2 verse 22. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us. Many Christians believe, and me included, um, that God is talking about the Holy Trinity that makes up God overall, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this is what God said to the serpent after Eve ate the forbidden fruit. So that's chapter Genesis, sorry, Genesis chapter 3, verse 13. 
and I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. When I came across that verse in Genesis, I I knew it was Jesus when I read it. And I wanted to be sure though, and I wanted to do a bit more research. So I found this analogy and it's so powerful. I love it. Okay. I'll explain it in two ways. So the, he will strike your head part means the descendant of the woman, that descendant being Jesus will strike the head and defeat Satan and sin once and for all. It symbolizes the victory of Jesus through his sacrificial death and resurrection, overcoming the power of sin and death completely and then you will strike his heel. So this indicates that there will be temporary suffering for the descendant of the woman. The heel, being a valuable part of the body, represents the pain and the crucifixion that Jesus would endure. However, this suffering is temporary because in the end, the ultimate victory belongs to him, ensuring defeat of the evil one and the restoration of humanity so powerful and God is clearly talking about Jesus so I truly believe when God was talking about our and us in the previous verses of we're going to create mankind in our image he was talking about the trinity so the father the son and the holy spirit makes up God entirely and it existed before the beginning of time not just God the father but the overall trinity existed What is God's role in the Trinity? We know that he is the first person to be mentioned in the Trinity and that he holds a prominent place in the creation of the universe. So throughout the Old Testament, it does portray God as the creator, the source of all life, the giver of life and the taker of life. And God is described as an architect, a designer, a clay worker and a potter who shapes us into existence and molds us into who we are becoming. How does God feel about us? God has an intense love for human beings. We are made in the likeness of him. He didn't create us like him because he doesn't have any regard for us. He highly regards you as a son or daughter. And he will clothe you and he will send his angels to protect you and he will never, ever, ever leave you. What might get in the way of the belief that God truly loves you us is why does he allow bad things to happen yes he he allows certain things to happen in our lives we live in a fallen world no doubt we live in a world of war pandemics and disasters the fallen sinful world is the result of human sin the sin of giving into temptation and lies of the enemy friends even though bad things will happen god doesn't leave us and he doesn't leave us where we are. He has equipped us with the spiritual tools and weapons. The gift of freedom to choose is as present today as it was in the Garden of Eden. The question is, are you making a decision to actively use the tools and weapons he is providing you? Are you actively praying? Are you actively reading the word, being obedient in the face of adversary? The greatest gift God gave to us in the beginning was life and choice. 
And in my next episode, we will be talking about the Son, Jesus Christ, the second person mentioned in the Trinity, and I cannot wait. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And before we close up, I would like to acknowledge what is going on in the world at the moment, what is happening in the Middle East and the brutal surprise attack on Israel. It says in Psalm 122 verse 6, Pray for peace in Jerusalem. May all who love the city prosper. If you do call yourself a Christian, friends, it is our responsibility to pray for the nation and our holy land. An attack on Israel, an attack on God's people is an attack on us who believe in the word of God. Just because we can't be there in the physical to aid and defend the holy land, we have something that is just as powerful and maybe even more powerful, and that is prayer. And that we are interceding through the Holy Spirit for strength and for Israel to prosper. Also pray for the Palestinians and the Jewish people that they find freedom through the redemption and salvation through Jesus as well. And remember, our greatest war isn't in the physical. The devil has an agenda and our battlefield is in the supernatural. I stand with Israel and I stand with God's people in prayer. God bless.